You know, when you get down to it, what's the big deal, right? I mean, sure, there's the touching and the feeling, all of each other. My hands everywhere, tracing every inch of her body. The two of us moving together, pressing, pulling, grinding. Then you hit that sweet spot, and everything just builds and builds and builds until it all just <laughs> Welcome to Idling in the Impala, podcast by and for lovers of Supernatural and the fanfiction it inspires. Just before we begin, we want to remind you to like, subscribe, follow wherever you listen to us so you don't miss any episodes or bonus content. If you love what we do and want an easy way to show your support, please consider leaving us a positive, all of the stars, guys, not, like don't do four, like five, all of the stars, ratings on your favorite listening platform. It helps Supernatural and fanfic lovers find us and share the fun. I'm Casey. I'm Sandra, and happy Valentine's Day. It's Unattached Drifter Christmas, and we know that this is coming out on the 13th. Valentine's Day is going to be Wednesday, and we just wanted to share a lot of love about the boys and Supernatural. So we've got an interesting episode planned. We are going to attempt an interesting episode. But before that, um, I wanted to highlight the fact that on February 15th, it is International Fan Works Day. And it's an annual event that celebrates and promotes fan works of all kinds. So this started out about 10 years ago uh, by OTW, who's responsible for Archive of Our Own. So basically, it's just a day where, you know, we celebrate each other and all of the wonderful things that we do within fandom. Idling in the Impala is going to try to do a little something on our Discord server. So if you are not already a part of our Discord server, why? Go into our um, yeah. description info, sign in, become a part of the community. We're going to have unveiled before this, probably maybe a week or so before to everybody who's already in the server with us, um, a new like FicRex forum channel where we want to give our members an opportunity to, you know, love on something they've done and love on something someone else has done. There'll be information, but basically on Thursday, February 15th, we kind of want everybody to love all over each other and, you know, talk all the about love, guys. all the love about that. So it's an attempt. We're going to give it a try, see how it goes. Um, we have a small, but very interested group in our discord. So we'd love it if you join us. So just consider if you hear this, join us and share the love about fan fiction on February 15th. The day um, after Unattached Drift Christmas. Yes. And also if anyone out there is going, huh, Casey did the intro. That must mean there's a guest. Get a guest. Yes. <laughs> Psych. No, there isn't. No. Sandra had the thing about fanworks, so and she was like, "No, you do the intro, and I'll do the thing." She like she had it written down. So mm-hmm. uh, no guest this week. Just us. Sorry. Question. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to address that because I know if I was listening to this, I'd be like, "Wait, Sandra does the intro unless there's a guest. Where's the guest, guys?" Yeah. So, not this no, week. we are um, attempting, and I feel like this is going to become <laughs> forever. Many years we continue to do this <laughs> on Valentine's Day where we have an idea in mind, but we're not really quite sure how we're going to go about it. And I think what's interesting about Valentine's Day in general is that it's kind of very anti a lot of what the boys are about on the show in terms of relationship. You know, they have a hard time with relationships in general, how to show their emotions, different things like that. So last year when we had a Valentine's Day episode, we talked about 
you know, where Sam and Dean kind of fell on the sexuality spectrum, romantic styles, different things like that. So we'll definitely link that episode and all of its mess in the description. What we've kind of thought of, or I did, because I read this really interesting article, a post on Tumblr by uh, Frozen Delight, and we'll link the user and the post in the description as well, so you can follow along if you want. But it basically theorized that Dean is depicted sort of the as a female other on the show. And I'm one that really loves cinematography, you know, like why directors decide why they're going to do what they do in the scene, what they're going to focus on, mm-hmm. all of the different parts of a show, the writing, the interpretation by the actors, the set designers, all of those things that come together. And the one thing I kind of thought that was very interesting about the theory that Dean is depicted as a female other, and I'd found another link reference where it's like the other gender. Um, And basically that just means women's status in patriarchal societies as explored in, and it talks about a whole other book, Simon de Beauvoir's, I don't know how to say anything in French, The Second Sex, where women are defined and differentiated in relation to men, constituting norms. They are inessential, the other, in opposition to the essential, a man as the subject, the absolute, the one. What I think is interesting is that when you talk about Sam and Dean, you don't just have one person like writing this story. You've got somebody filming the script. You've got actors acting the parts. And the fact that maybe not throughout the whole entire series, but I think a good part of the first half of the series, I really do think you see different directors, different writers kind of using Dean as that sort of other um, mm. character on the show. So to me, that's a that's either a group effort or a lot of people are just zoning in on this fact or this vibe or something that they're just kind of like continuing with. And I think that's really... I don't think it's really, either. I don't think it's either. I think you're giving the writers too much credit. <laughs> I, I I think it might be, but I think also like production producers there's this there's this feeling i get where like a lot of shows if they're written produced directed by one particular person they've kind of like they're steering the ship um mm. so i think you could say that like for kripke you know like the kripke era gamble which i still feel i really feel that gamble sarah gamble as much of a shit show season 6 and 7 were I think she really wanted the focus on Sam and Dean very much. And I mm-hmm. think there was a lot of pushback for lots of reasons on that. And I think they she just didn't she just didn't know how to really flesh that out well. Then you had Carver and then you had Dab. And I feel like in each one of those instances, I kind of just, I don't know, I feel like that first part of it in this article, the and again, this person, Frozen Delight, is just, I'm going to be reading from some of their stuff. So we'll, we'll definitely make sure that it's all in the description. But yeah, that was kind of like my overall, like wanting to go through some examples that this one particular person had found. So of course, through another discussion they'd had with someone else. Casey's right away like, no, <laughs> it's not either. What do you think it is, Casey? What do you think no, it is? I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's a, it's a group effort or a, like 
I don't think it's a group effort because there are so many different writers. There is no like, yeah, it was like the first five seasons of Kripke's idea, but he didn't write every episode to the best of my knowledge. I don't have Wikipedia open, Mm. but I don't like, there's so many like (laughs) cooks in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. so to speak, that Mm -hmm. I don't, I like, I don't think it would be physically possible to get that many people all on board with one idea. Well, I just don't. I think it's like if you take a kitchen reference and you talk about like there's a head chef and then there's like the sous chefs. So all of the sous chefs underneath are trying to get all of these ingredients together to meet what the head chef has in mind for that plate that has to go out. So it's this sort of, there has to be a thread or a through line or it's all going to be a complete mess. Granted, but 67 it is. might I be. Mean, but not, but not all of it. It is a complete mess. Because the, the head chef keeps changing as well. And not only that, not only if you say the writer... If you say, okay, let's say the director is the head chef. Everybody gives him their little component and he puts it all together on the plate. So the actors bring their bit and the writers bring that bit and the sound and this, and everybody brings their little bit to the director. And I'm not saying that the director is like the head of a shoot or anything. I'm sure it doesn't work like that. But let's, let's for, for my chef reference here, everybody brings their little bit and the director composes the plate. Well, not only do all the sous chefs, apart from the actors, the sous chefs keep changing, you know, production changes um i don't think like sound and set deck and stuff change but like various parts of those keep changing but also the head chef keeps changing as well episode to episode the head chef changes it would be it would be impossible to continue a subtle theme like this because it is if you're not looking for it, you wouldn't see it. Like there's some very overt themes about Sam and Dean that are carried through the show because they're so obvious. You can't not. Mm-hmm. But something something subtle like this is, I think, would be very difficult to carry consistently as these component parts keep changing. Because mm-hmm. group effort to me is, I guess, like the error aspect of it. Like, again, like if you've got the producers you know, overseeing um, like Kripke again, like I just feel like Kripke had an end game, you know, and I think Kripke had a, I don't know if you want to call it a vibe or whatever for each of the characters. And I think Mm. as it got, as the baton torch got passed, you know, there might've been sort of like a shift in each of them. But I do agree that like at the end of the day, like each dish in and of its own is a mix of whoever was involved in it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, but I think too, like the, like the directing aspect of it is just so very, it hits a lot of the same notes with a lot of different directors, I feel like. And I don't know if that's just because they went to film school and they all like saw this stuff, you know? No, here's, here's my thought. Here's my thought, right? Name me another show that has two male leads and very few female anythings, never mind leads, any other show. The only ones I can think of were, these would be decades ago, nothing current. And right. those were like cop shows, you know, and there was like- No, 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 Cop shows. But there was always a pretty something, wasn't there? There's always a pretty something or someone's got a wife. There's always a a reoccurring female, usually. So the only other thing I can think of recently would be like, wasn't there like Sherlock and then- I know everybody talks about good omens, our flag means death and different things like that. So those are like. So, 
okay, let's let's take Sherlock because I know a little bit about that. And let's mm-hmm. take Good Omens because I know a little bit about that. So my thought, this is older still, but not older like old cop shows, but like it's older than Supernatural. So the Lord of the Rings movies, there are three female characters that get named in the entire trilogy. Mm-hmm. Three, that's it, right? It's a guy's movie. But when you look at the cast and the characters that they play, it's diverse. Mm-hmm. You have strong warriors, Aragorn, Boromir. You have <laughs> soft, willowy men, Legolas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the older guiding hand of Gandalf, and you have the hobbits who, by their very nature of the characterization of them, are softer. They are not, they are not held to the same level of masculinity as, say, Aragorn and Boromir, you know? Mm-hmm. A game with good omens. Yes, it's a two Crowley and I know how to pronounce it. The Angel, Michael Sheen. I know who he is. I just don't know how to pronounce his name. Is there, is there, is there a fun It starts with an A. Yeah. There's a Z yeah. and a PH and <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. But if you look at that, one of them is characterized as good and one of them is characterized as bad. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can make. Michael Sheen's character softer without taking anything away from him. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just go, one of them is an angel and one of them is a demon. So by very nature of how that kind of mythology is perceived, you can go, mm-hmm. okay, well, angels, angels are softer, they're sweeter, they do good things. And demons are harder and crueler and they do bad things. And that is not how the plot of Good Omens goes. So again, yeah, you've got these two male leads, but character-wise, they are very different. Mm-hmm. And that's before you get into like the build of the actors and things like that. Like, character-wise, they're just different. Same mm-hmm. with Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have this like this ensemble cast of nine guys, but they're not nine beefheads or not nine elves. Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The Hobbit, again, I think maybe they had like one female character no no they had more than one because they had some kids bad kids bad had two daughters and they got names so maybe maybe around three <laughs> um, again like um, fucking Tolkien was not great at female characters is all I'm saying well, there wasn't a lot of them and I'm gonna be honest like Jackson invented one of the ones in The Hobbit like she's not in the book she's a pure Jackson it's irrelevant I don't like mm-hmm. that character but it's irrelevant it's relevant that's a more interesting look because we had 12, no, 13 dwarfs. I lost a dwarf somewhere there. I don't know which one it was, but I lost one. So, yes, 12 dwarves. 12 dwarves. No, 13 dwarves. Fuck me. 13 dwarves. No. No, it must be 13, and Bilbo makes 14. It must be. Somebody mm-hmm. correct me if I'm getting my Hobbit law wrong. They're all of the same race, so you would think that would be kind of difficult what do you do with them? You basically just have one main character if you don't do something with them. So, uh, like, I don't know if Sanders watched The Hobbit or whatever, but all the same with the Fellowship. Yes, it's all the same race, but they're very different. Like, Ori, the little scratch, he wears knitted gloves, guys, and a little hat. And he's soft and sweet, and he's young, and he's the baby, and they look after him. Against Dwalin, who's this fucking hulk of a machine of a dwarf who's a warrior. God, I love Graham McTavish. 
Good Lord. It's an absolute <laughs> fucking legend of a man. But again, they characterise them differently because they were from a society where you have warriors and scribes and craftsmen and things like that. So they had that ability. They could make these characters different and make some of them a little bit softer, some of them a little bit harder. They could make it so it didn't just look like they had one main character, is my point. Okay. Hauling that all the way back to Supernatural, what do you do? You've got two lead men who come from exactly the same background, have exactly the same knowledge, and do exactly the same job. You have to do something with one of them, otherwise you might as well just have one lead. One of them has to be different, otherwise why do you have two? Mm-hmm. Now, an argument could be made that Sam should be the one to be different because Sam got out of the life and had a period of time in Stanford and would be maybe softer because he had had that breakaway, whereas Dean had kept hunting the whole time and Dean's older, so he has like four extra years of hunting on Sam, whatever. Now, in theory, that makes great sense until you look at the casting choices. Jared's almost six foot five and built like a fucking brick shithouse. You're going to make him soft? How are you going to make him soft? How do you characterize an actor that looks like that, sounds like that, acts like that? How do you characterize him as the female other? You can't. You literally cannot do that. And I suppose there's probably, if we're looking back at Kripke, it was, it was always Sam's story to Kripke. So even if you, even if there is some magical director out there that can tap into Jared's magical acting powers and make him appear smaller and more delicate, it's still in Kripke's mind Sam's story. So we have five seasons of established Sam's story. Whoever comes in after Kripke, Gamble, I think, mm-hmm. she can't then come in and go, right, we're, we're changing all this up. It's established canon at that point. Mm-hmm. So where does that leave you? You have to differentiate between them so how do you not feel that that's not a concerted effort <laughs> like at some point like it's a group effort though right like the is thing, it a group effort like if I it's said, a trippy <laughs> no no when i say when i say it's not a group effort i mean at no point did anybody sit down and go this is how it's going to be done and everybody stuck to that line i think it probably evolved from Kripke. And everyone just kind of, because everyone does it a little bit differently. You'll see directors that are really, like, honestly gross. Like, you know my you know my feelings on Red Sky Morning. Like, I have so much issues with the whole Sam Gertrude thing. But, the like, the don't objectify me scene with Dean in the tux. Like, it's funny, you know, he makes a joke, haha. But it's objectively gross. Like, he is, and it would be gross if he was a woman as well. Like, I'm... This is not this is not like a oh it'd be fine if it was a woman. Like this is not a sexist thing. It would be equally disgusting if it was a woman. But like look at how he's treated in that. They dress him up all cute and Bella's like, oh my god, you're so cute. We should have hate sex after this. Like well, I do have some thoughts about just the way the scene, because like again, like stuff that's referenced. I, I do get that it's I think in that way too, there's there's a lot of callbacks to shining up a dirty, dirty penny kind of a situation. Like I've seen a lot of scenes. Like my fair lady. 
Yeah, they talk about My Fair Lady. Yeah. But again, like any of the um, the teen movies where, you know, there's the girl with the glasses, but then you put on a nice dress and she's walking Ugh. down the steps and they do the reveal. It's that kind of a vibe, you know? Like, like, the, like the fucking... <laughs> so cliche like the moment in Miss Congeniality where they put her in all the hair and makeup she's like this cool badass cop and then she comes out in a dress and the funniest fucking thing about that whole thing is that she falls over (laughs) yeah like that's so great you know it's it's that kind of it's that kind of vibe so I I mean I I do understand I I definitely get what you're saying I do think that making them different was important and I think a lot of that too is the storyline that I've got to think Kripke was building in his head, not not particularly the way it ended up turning out, but even in season one, when you started talking about, you know, learning that Sam had these powers, things started changing about him, making them sort of like, and it's transitioned throughout the good versus evil, you know, basically that's basically mm-hmm. what they're being forced to do. So I can see where, you know, that would then make, turn Dean into sort of like, if you're talking about good omens, you know, you've got angel, angel demon. I mean, basically that's what supernatural turns into by season four. You know, you're, you're learning mm-hmm. that the the boys have supposedly faded roles and they're, you know, on two sides, you know, they're, they're going to be factioned out if, if they don't do something else to stop that. So mm. yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I kind of, I, I feel like it could be a combination of both, but I also think that it's just very interesting in terms of, to me, there had to be some sort of through line, even if it's by producer. Granted, some stuff has just went off the rails towards the end too. And I don't think that they, you don't see that storyline as well. It's much more muddled, I feel like, mm. um, in terms of how I it's think- displayed. My my point was not that there wasn't a through line, not that there wasn't some kind of, you know, unspoken rule, maybe. Mm-hmm. My point was maybe more that it wasn't a deliberate choice. Mm-hmm. It was a producer, a director looking at these two leads mm-hmm. and going, fuck, mm-hmm. we have to distinguish them in some way. Otherwise, they're the same thing. And I mean, what I'm about to say is kind of... <laughs> sounds offensive but it's not meant offensive in any way jensen is smaller than jared he is physically a smaller human than jared by three inches like Mm -hmm. it's right there it's it's on the internet he's like so he's physically he is shorter than jared they have different body types and i will god i will die on this hill it's not that jensen isn't as built as jared or anything they have different fucking body types if mm-hmm. Jensen lost the amount of weight he would need to lose to make him look as toned and ripped as Jared, he would be ill. They have different body types. But there is always a comparison. It's, oh, Jared's way more built than Jensen. Jared's way more effort. In. Jared's way more beefy than Jensen. Well, no, I wouldn't want to take a punch from either of them, really. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But when, it, like, so not to be offensive, but Jensen is smaller in height, but also. Not so much in the first few seasons, but it becomes more apparent as as Jared grows up and fully mm-hmm. fills out. A little bit smaller in stature as well. And again, different body types, not fucking body shaming Jensen in any way. And then I think the real kicker, the real kicker here is, can we just look at 2005 Jensen Ackles, please? He's 26, 27, and you would never be wrong in calling him a twink. 
his beautiful, delicate features in his face, you know, mm-hmm. just, and that's like, that's a difficult stance to take because Jared was much younger and also had quite delicate features. Mm-hmm. And this comparison does not stand today in 2024 because they are both now in their forties. They have, they've grown into their man faces, mm-hmm. let's say, mm-hmm. you know, you would never, I don't think you could look at Jared and Jensen now and say Jensen is objectively more feminine than Jared. I just don't think you could. I don't. Mm-hmm. They're both very masculine in the face. But in 2005, Jensen was still really, you know, like delicate feminine features. He just he hadn't grown into his dad voice yet. Still a little baby. Even though he was closer to 30 than Jared was, still a baby, you know, mm-hmm. with that fucking... Mm-hmm. And jawline and the lips and the eyes, <laughs> fucking face, man. Oh, so, gosh. if you take all that into consideration, we're looking at the Kripke era, Kripke story. He's earmarked this story as Sam's story. Jared is taller than Jensen, wider than Jensen, mm-hmm. like in the shoulders, like just like. <sighs> There's no way to say it without really offensive to to Jensen built more he has wider shoulders and a broader chest than Jensen this is objective I don't think it's difficult then to see the decision as a director a producer to go well let's let's feminize Dean just a little bit let's 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 just feminize him just a little bit let's let's shoot his angles just a little bit differently so there's a distinction drawn between them. Mm-hmm. And as we get into later seasons, it becomes a running joke that Dean's masculinity is a front. Mm-hmm. That he's secretly, you know, chick flick moments and that it's it's all a front and he's hiding yeah. something. Yeah, I definitely think that you don't see that as much. Um, or if you do, I think it's very like, it's made for a gag. Whereas I think in a lot mm. of the a lot of the decisions and again, like things that we'll talk about, it's just a part of the overall cinema cinematography, you know, like the, the feel of a scene or something like that is different. It's not just, it's not just made for a joke. I just feel like they're, they're much more like reveal linger, you know, like they, I I think Mm. they linger longer. And uh, again, like that it, I've watched a lot of like a lot of movies um, growing up, it was like just a thing. And I would watch a lot of older films and I just remember like the black and whites and how, you know, you'd, you'd get the introduction of the female or the, like, you know, the, the femme fatale or the, and it was just very like, it was this grand, like, just like sweeping, just like you'd get like, again, um, and the holds on the characters were much different. And I think that's, I think that's kind of obvious in a lot of the stuff that, that they do. And again, it's not because it's not just one director to me it's like well it's either just something they're taught in film school and they're just leaning into the fact of here's this gorgeous person let's let's kind of focus in on that other aspect of him being very different like you said from sam if sam is the the lead is the man is the subject then that's like the counter the counter to it and so i maybe that's why a lot of those shots happen the way they do but let's get into like some of the cinematography stuff that I think they're talking about. I think we're both like just, leaning just in the we, same direction. <laughs> just before overall. we do though, just before we do though, if anybody has gone to film film school, knows anything about like direction, or th- just let me know if this is like a thing that you are taught. Like, I want to know genuinely if this is, 
if or studied, like you know, yeah, when you're studying, if you have knowledge of this, yeah, because obviously the male and female lead is so iconic and traditional. It's everywhere, isn't it? Most things have. So is it like, is this something that you're taught to distinguish between your leads? Mm. Or is this just a result of people who went to film school, you know, however long ago, and they know no other way to distinguish? Mm -hmm. Because like I said, if you look at The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, I don't I don't know enough about Sherlock to talk about it. But I feel like there's definitely some some differences between Sherlock and John in that movie. I really sh- I really should watch that because I'm a huge Martin Freeman fan. Mm. But whatever. But like, yeah, Good Omens. These are different. <laughs> the different species, races. Mm-hmm. Like, there's differences between the characters, mm-hmm. and you come to Supernatural, and you've got two almost identical leads. You know, mm-hmm. is it just that the new new other new no other way? Mm-hmm. to distinguish the characters you know so you could like just with one camera angle you could know who's walking in a door for example mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah so if you know if you have the inside knowledge on how all this shit works please come talk to us pretty please like we want to know we want to learn because i don't like saying everyone who works in supernatural is misogynistic <laughs> as fuck because that's not true but <sighs> Really, no one could think of any other way to distinguish these two. And I'm sitting here saying that, being a massive hypocrite, going, I don't know how to distinguish them. I know no way to distinguish these almost identical. I mean, it's very easy to do in writing and literature. Oh, but I but I think you're really hitting, I, I think you really hit on the theme of it too, is like, you know, just the aspect of making Dean softer, I think is a really... And again, like that, that's just, it just probably turned into this other aspect, you know? And again, like misogynistic tendencies aside, like how much of that is ingrained in us, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you see it. And if you've seen it enough times in your brain, subconsciously, you're going to make that connection, whether you realize it at the time or not until you go back and really look at it, which again is really great about this article. So I, I feel like this article was probably written like eight or nine years ago, but it's just, it's just really good. I just really loved it. It's um, what is, what does it say? Something about spo- spoilers yeah. up to 12, 12, nine, 12, nine. <laughs> so, you know, it 12, didn't, yeah. yeah, it didn't, you know, like there was a fair bit of supernatural that came after mm-hmm. that article was made, but mm-hmm. also it's, I think it still stands. Yeah. I do think it, but I, again, seems I'm still I'm still Sandra's desperate to move on to the sex scene. Sandra's like, Jesus fuck, I've gifts and everything, guys. But I do think as well, maybe just to give Kripke some of his dignity back. Sorry, Kripke. Sorry, Eric. You did great stuff with the boys, though. You like yeah, no, you know what you, you know I, what I you're doing when you have defined male and female roles. It's only when you don't that this, you get confused. Yeah, I, I don't see this as a as a as a hit on Kripke at all, like this discussion, because I really do think that he's probably gotten, I mean, hasn't, I feel like he's talked about Neil Gaiman, who's like the good omens dude. Like, I feel like he's gotten all of these sort of like, again, vibes, feels, stuff he's read, stuff that's like gone through his system that this is what happens. Like nothing's a new idea anymore. So I think it's just reinterpretation of it. Again, like it doesn't necessarily make it wrong. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like I just don't think so. Uh, now, yeah. if you if you if you're called out on it, and then you're like, oh, okay, I guess that was a thing. Maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> then, I mean, we could talk about the boys. 
you know, and see how that's how supernatural I feel influenced let's, a lot of the boys. And they could get all over. <laughs> no, let's not. Cause I'm thinking <laughs> of the opening scene. I'm thinking of the opening scene of the boys and thinking, well, that yeah. establishes a whole fucking lot about it. Yeah. So let's, 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 let's not, not get do into that. that. Let's not do that. Okay. But, no, but we give Kripke grace for the boys because he was taking from an established story. The boys was a comic mm-hmm. a long time before Kripke got hold of it. Mm-hmm. Albeit the first couple of seasons of the boys are like a prequel to the comic, but he still had established characters to work with. Yeah. He was limited in how much he could change those characters. So we would give Kripke grace on the misogyny that exists in the boys. But going back to what we were saying about different characterizations, I'm thinking, I'm thinking as well about the kind of not not the parallels, but like the way the boys are characterized. So Dean is always ribbing on Sam about his hair and his sex life and you know, like how soft he is. So how do you offset that? Okay, we know they're both badass hunters. You can't be like, oh, Dean's so mean to Sam, but Sam kicks ass and like with vampires. Like Dean also kicks ass. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. So again, where do you, where do you, oh my God, what is the fucking word? <laughs> Disprove. <laughs> Disprove. The word I wanted was rogue. The word I wanted was rogue. It wasn't, it was disprove. That's an inside joke between me and my family. Um, where do you, where do you disprove those accusations in the bedroom? If Sam truly was this soft, delicate flower that Dean keeps making him out to be, he'd be a soft, delicate flower in the bedroom, but he isn't. You're totally jumping ahead. He fucks. <laughs> I'm leading you in. He fucks, right? So we disproved Dean's, Dean's oh, accusations. On the other side, Sam says, well, no, Dean proves Sam's accusations. Sam's like, oh my God, he's just a phone. you're such an asshole. Me, 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 me. And if, again, if these were true things, Dean would... <laughs> Dean would also fuck. You know, if he was truly like this gross, disgusting, misogynistic pig that Sam keeps naming him as, he would also fuck. But Dean does not fuck. Dean makes love. Now you may lead into your sex things. I had to get that out of my brain. Well, I'm I wasn't going to do the sex things. I was going to go through like the different aspects of the cinematography, but that's okay. Oh. We could do the sexy. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> damn. All right. No, the only thing I was going to talk about again, maybe we just we won't even go into the article in depth. We'll just leave it as a discussion. I'll just mention that there's um, there's certain like aspects of cinematography that Frozen Delight talks about. And there's a bunch of beautiful gifts, gifs that you can look at to talk about it. I'm going to say it the way I I want to die. You can die on the hill. I'm going to say it the way I want to. So it starts the graphic. So there's um, feet first camera pan and they talk about, okay, again, like Sam and Dean are both very handsome guys and the guys behind the camera clearly love to dwell on that. Both get their fair share of objectification. However, it's primarily Dean who's treated to the camera moving from his feet to his head, shamelessly crawling over every inch of his body, a typical technique of female objectification. So they talk about- I'm 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 jumping right there. Go ahead. As a Sam model, they do not both get their fair share of objectification. I don't there think is they significantly do a lot of more top to bottom with. Yeah, I mean, maybe because it would take too long. <laughs> <laughs> get more film. We got to film parts from the feet up. No, there is significantly more objectification of Dean, and I yeah. know because I'm looking for it with Sam. Mm-hmm. 
Unfortunately, yeah. yes, Sam is the one that is more blatantly objectified, I would say. Thinking back to season one, Sam is the one that has to come out of the bathroom in the towel mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the fans wanted more skin. Mm-hmm. By Christ, I love the third man, but that is nothing. That is nothing other than like I can't but even the way that scene even... is filmed. I do think it's interesting because they do hold on like body parts. I feel like first before you get the whole boom. Like I think you get a little bit of like you get like uh, his back and his and head. So, and, so I mean, that's know. definitely an objective. That's an objectified moment. But where it's again, it's different the way that it's filmed because it's like boom, boom, boom. Where with Dean, I think a lot of times you get a sort of here's a slow, like, you know, let's, let's, let's just linger where I think with that scene, it's very much just like here, boom, boom, boom. And then you get wham, like, you know, the, Mm. all of that, just like, you know, right there. Like, you know, like. Well, I was, that wasn't my point. Well, but that's my point. (laughs) I wasn't done with my point. I'm allowed to have points too. No points for you. (laughs) No points for you. I wasn't done with my point. (laughs) I agree with all of Sandra's points oh, on my point. I said the word point so many times now it's become nonsense in my mind. No, I, I agree. I agree. My my point was that there was... Can you tell we're punchy today? We're both very punchy today. It's we're not having day. it. It's, it's, not, it's not a good day. It's not a good day. There is no real reason for Sam to be working out naked on camera like that. And also who works out in jeans and a belt? Literally nobody. Even Jared doesn't work out in jeans and a belly. He works out in sweats. That's yeah. irrelevant, right? Solar There's, Sam does. <laughs> Solar Sam. And I mean, you could kind of, I think the point that they were trying to make is that because he doesn't sleep, mm. he's working out like a beast. He's in the best shape of his life. Mm-hmm. But that is not the point that is made because he's paying a sex worker at the end of that montage. Mm-hmm. You know, the point is not, oh, look how good, look how much Solar Sam is like, fucking honing in on his body it's drool over this man look how fucking hot he is right Mm -hmm. again very similar to season one with sam being the one to come out of the bathroom shirtless sam is also the one to be doing like laundry shirtless in season 15 there's no good reason for that there's no there's no like he doesn't not have any shirts he's just folding laundry he's just shaking towels out folding laundry and again wait what when he comes it's he's coming out from a shower so, no, you were talking about laundry. When he's in the laundry room, he's fully clothed. He's reading a book, and he's by the he's by the wash. What is he doing? What is he doing when he's God? He's topless, and it's great. And he's he coming something, and like I, his, his whole his whole chest moves, and it's the greatest thing ever. I think it's what something having to do with the bed. So I think he's like out of the shower, and I think he's just like maybe it's a shirt or something that maybe he's getting ready to wear or something like that. Okay, but- so how many how many times have we seen? Sam and Dean come out of a bathroom fully clothed. It's not necessary. It's not, there's nothing, Mm -hmm. there's no plot behind it. Like I said, you could make, like the fandom has drawn and once you like put your jaw back and wipe up the drool, you could go, oh my God, Solus is really working Sam's body because he doesn't sleep. (laughs) But it's not your go-to, it's not your, like this is clearly a plot point. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, look at the fucking abs. Right. But season one and season 15 bookend quite nicely. Sam's objectified and made to be semi naked for no plot reason mm-hmm. other than just to show skin. And I'm thinking about all the times you see Dean naked. Now, I will give a pass 
to the shapeshifter episode in season one because again that was necessary in that scene i think like they had to show what was happening yeah it was but also we are aware that the bathroom scene or the shower scene with sam and that is because the fans were calling for more skin they Mm -hmm. wanted to see more of the boys so we'll give that a pass think about all the other times we see dean naked he's either fucking or he's having some kind of crisis we see him in the shower when he's having breakdowns we see him with his shirt off. I'm specifically thinking of uh, the Slice Girls. He's mm-hmm. fucking. Mm-hmm. Where else do we see him other than situations it would be normal right. for him to be unclothed? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, in very traditional terms, Sam is objectified, traditionally objectified, as in the token hot guy. Mm. Dean, I would say. That was my whole point. <laughs> that was my whole point that they are not equally objectified. objectified. They are not equally objectified because Which first I of get. all, there are is the, is, way the point, more, is the point of the post. <laughs> so we're there, there. Are, there are way more sex scenes with Dean. There are way, when would when did we get a scene of Sam in the shower? Literally fucking never. No, we just we get him never. out of the shower. But when the interesting out of the thing shower, about apart from season one. One in 15. I think the only other thing that I find interesting about a lot of Dean, a lot of Dean's bathroom scenes, I feel like there's the one where he's in the shower. I distinctly remember it's like, you know, his lashes are all clumped. He's having some kind of crisis and he like runs his hands over his phone. His lashes all clumped together and he's freckly. (laughs) Yeah. Y'all know which one we mean. Which is so interesting because again, that one scene, you don't really see anything of him except for face, shoulders. shoulders. That's it. And yet, it, like it, it lingers. It it makes your brain go blank because you know the connotation. So I feel like it's almost like it's a, it's a different reveal or a like, you he he gets hidden more. Almost like you know how they like to do like the um way back when they used to do the fan girls like when they would be on stage and they'd have these huge fans and they would just mm-hmm. kind of like you'd get the illusion that you'd be seeing something, but you never really see. Yeah. A lot. You know, you get, you get that. And I think that's the whole point of what they're doing with him as a character, like on yeah. screen. Like they're, they're, they're very, leading into that a lot. Very feminine. Like that, that exact pose of the like girl the flirtiness, in the, the shower. Like, like you don't get flirty from, I don't think you get flirty from Sam. And I think- No, like as we've established. Yeah. Yeah. As we've established, <laughs> Sam Winchester Fox. We've established this. No, actually thinking thinking about that shower scene now, you've seen that scene, you've seen that pose, that scene in a hundred different movies, but it's always a woman. Mm-hmm. Where it's just it like it the camera goes out of focus at the shoulders and you know there's bare skin underneath, but it's completely fuzzy and out of focus. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the shoulders and the collarbone, the neck and the face and the hair swept back because it's wet, and there's like droplets on the face. You've seen that in a hundred different movies, just mm-hmm. not with a guy. Yeah. And that yeah. does directly tie. I'm just, Sandra can't see my screen right now. And the first gif is the pan up Dean's body when he's laying on the bed. So mm-hmm. it's like blankets, calf, knee, mm-hmm. thigh, boxes, ass. Mm-hmm. And then goes up to, and again, like I'm preaching to the choir here. That is the whole point of the post, but it's, you've seen that camera pan a thousand times a hundred times mm-hmm. just 
usually with women and they're like oh look look at the curves look it's fully clothed there's nothing nothing scandalous here but just just imagine the curves you know yeah. and i mean jensen ackles has an incredible ass mm-hmm. you and the world is grateful that he shares it with us <clears throat> you know but like so many things when you look at it again you're like oh nuts that's but, offensive i think the one the other scene that they were talking about camera panning was you know red sky at morning the don't objectify me again we talked about it a little bit um where he's coming down the steps and he's in the tux and again the the post even suggests you know audrey hepburn presenting her ball gown in my fair lady and again there's so many different um mm-hmm. movies that do this where it's ugly duckling into beautiful swan and you only typically get that with a female character i mean uh, most of the movies i've said i've I'm sure there are some out there, but more rarely it's a guy. And so this was an example of, you know, them using Dean in that position, I guess you'd say. Um, Mm. They used a fun one, which is just, it's just a fun after school special. And again, I think this leans into the fact that they like to put Dean in a lot of outfits, uniforms, quote unquote, like you see Sam with Dean usually like dressed up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think you see, I'm thinking there's like that season 14 episode where he's like, he gets, Sam gets brainwashed and he's playing somebody's husband. And so there's like, he's with, he's without, he's without Dean again. I know not, we don't even want to go there, but not even um like Ooh. by himself. I don't think you see that as much as, and again, I know Sam was like a janitor in this, but I mean, they put him in shorts as the gym teacher in after school special it was a whole thing and again shirts tucked in it's it weird feet to top you know and it was that same sort mm-hmm. of like panning where you get to really like revel in the outfit situation and then they talk about the just my imagination episode with sully where you know oh, you've got baby. another one where it's dean coming out of baby dressed in like you know the the cardigan oh, and the the whole thing and again sam is dressed up too but for some reason the camera is well we're going to show dean right. getting out of the car situation okay i i'm sure sandra was going to touch on this but i i i want to make this clear right this the tumblr post also makes this point that it has been referenced by J2 that Jared is actually too big mm-hmm. for baby. He's mm-hmm. too big for the car. And then this whole last show tried to believe he could hide in the fucking footwell in the back seat. Like, guys, please. So I don't necessarily think that is a conscious decision to portray Dean like that. But also, nobody wants to see Jared all knees and elbows out the fucking car. Well, I think that's in, the, or in yeah. the car, you know? No, I, that like, definitely goes into your. It. We've all, we've all, I think we've talked a little bit too, like about the way certain scenes have to be filmed because Jared is so much taller than a lot of his other, you know, the, the actors he's working with. So there's this, a lot of people talk about how difficult, like, I mean, I've heard a lot of male actors talk about, like, if you're over a certain height, you're just not going to get the role or you're not going to get this, or you're not going to get that because people are immediately, again, objectifying you as to how you're going to appear on camera. But it's like a, it's like a, it's like all the ways this is going to make it a hindrance or we're going to have to do this or how are we going to work around mm. that? So just imagine being an actor, first of all, in any actor, actress, in any, any shape or form where you're literally just objectified. You go in and people are like, well, that'll work. That won't. I mean, it's a very. Here's, a, here's an interesting, an interesting example of that from the other side. 
Gwendolyn Christie, Christie mm, yeah. who played Brienne of Tarth, mm-hmm. is very famous for saying that one of her more recent roles, it was either Wednesday or Sandman, I can't remember which it was, that she'd never like felt pretty on camera before mm. because she is always cast as this masculine, tomboy is not the right word, but she's always masculinized, which it's is not the a word. other. It's from what she's it's, othered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah because yeah. she's so tall. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I mean, she's be- she's a beautiful woman, and I think that's fucking tragic that she's so because she's not she's not she's not like in her twenties, Gwendolyn Christie. She's like, I don't know, I want to say like in her forties, maybe thirties. Yeah, uh, but she's she's not she's not a baby. She's not new on the scene. She's got a fair amount of acting under her belt, and for her to be that far into her career, saying I've never felt pretty on camera, I've never been allowed to be pretty in my characters just because she's tall is objectively disgusting yeah absolutely contrary absolutely. to that though just as a funny little quip that my brain coughed up i wonder if that's why we never see sam in the shower because normal motel showers don't fit jared and they I didn't mean, want to change them god there it could it could be so many so many things too like i, I think at the end how of would the day, you how would you film him yeah and still keep keep his keep his dignity even yeah, yeah. but i mean uh, so the post does go on to say that you know as we're talking about that one scene of him you know dean getting out of the car like it doesn't matter if the producers decided right from the start that they wanted to visually code dean as feminine or if jared's size decided that for them the result is the same the cinematography of the show deconstructs dean's masculinity right from the start and this is what you were hitting on whereas sam's masculinity is often reinforced Again, I think we see that from that one particular scene in The Third Man. Like, it's just mm. masculinity just like... In your face. Thrown all he's, over the place. Like, boom, 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 boom. He's sweaty. He's yeah. oiled. He's tanned. The the His sex arms. worker is just like, oh, no. Why would I want to take money from, Yeah. You know, after that? Oh, like, that no. Car- carry on. You know? Carry on working out. Oh, I'll no. Just, and, like, I'll, and they just call me. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I, I feel bad taking your money. Like, all right. <laughs> I am only one single human mortal, okay? And I have to pick my jar up every time after that scene and wipe the drool every fucking time. And mm-hmm. he's an attractive man. He ticks all the right boxes for me. His Adonis belt should be cast in marble, people. Someone sculpt that. We cannot let that be lost to time. Jesus. If we can have Michelangelo's David, we can have fucking somebody's Jared. Somebody do that. But I fully can see it for the whole, like the absolute bat in the face of look how masculine he is. Yeah. Look what he's doing compared because it's a it's a back and forth between him and Dean, isn't it? Yeah. Jared's doing stretches. Dean's waking up very, in the, uh, int- well, Sam's doing stretches. No, Dean's waking you know, up in the car. It's not just know? that the way the way it starts out is, and again, like they do this on purpose. Like it's Dean having a dream about being in bed with Lisa. And it's so very soft. And then he wakes mm. up in the car and then it's boom, we get the Sam scene with the sex worker. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just night and day. It's very filtery when Dean's in bed. There's no, like, you don't really see, there's kissing, there's touching, but there's like, you don't see all of it the way that you just get Sam on a plate, you know, situation. So again, yeah. It's just so very interesting. Like, I mean, I, it, it, just the, and again, like that was a season six episode. So that was, that was gamble, you know? And again, mm-hmm. it's, 
I'm 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 looking it up real quick because I want to see who directed that one. Oh, I googled it while Sandra's looking up Robert that. Singer. Gwen- Gwendolyn Christie's forty five. Okay. So you know, yeah. So Third Man is Robert Singer, which is interesting because he I was looking he directed Phantom Traveler, which was the scene of Dean in bed. So again, there's like, and he's he's an old mm-hmm. school you know old school director. So again, I wonder how much of that is how it's still thing. Um, yeah. Okay, so the second thing that this post references, they get into the sex scenes. And this is where I think Casey and I were talking about the parallels to between, you know, like what they're what they're giving of one character versus what they're showing of another. And they the post starts out with <laughs> the line from Rock it's, in a Hard Place <laughs> that Dean is talking about when he's in chastity. Yeah. <laughs> chastity I'd I'd scroll down a little bit because this this Tumblr author puts it so much so much better than I did. I was like, Sam fucks, Dean makes love. They they put it much better than I did. Sam touches, Dean is touched. Mm-hmm. And I unfortunately will have nothing further to contribute to this debate because the following gifts are Sam in bed with Madison and his hand is in her hair and his hand is like the size of her entire head. And then much, much better than that, Sam and Ruby, where she's on his lap and Sam is making that the face of pain while he's like pulling on her hair and i i will i have nothing of anything to contribute to this fucking discussion now i will be in these gifts for quite some time okay so i'm just gonna i'm gonna reread that no i'm gonna no i'm gonna oh dicks i scrolled down and there was more sam fucking and then there was dean fucking hang on let me find some oh god there's so much dean fucking let me find some text jesus so i'm gonna read um the i gotta um, i gotta find a new tab i'm in a new tab completely (laughs) (laughs) there's so much fucking it was great. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. The line from Rock in a Hard Place. So this is what Dean is saying when they're in their chastity meeting. So there's the touching and the feeling all of each other. My hands everywhere, tracing every inch of her body. The two of us moving together, pressing and pulling, grinding. Then you hit that sweet spot and everything just builds and builds and builds until it all just... <laughs> so the Sandra that started this podcast <laughs> with me in 2020 one would not have been able to read that so and i'm so proud the difference that and this is from the post the difference between how dean describes having sex and how we actually see him have sex is striking the picture dean paints is the, is the traditional male gaze at its finest male hands moving over a female body a man acting a woman reacting that's completely flipped on its head with every scene i think we see of mm-hmm. dean in bed having sex making love all those things and then they talk about uh, i don't know they start getting into freud we're not gonna get into freud we did that once uh, <laughs> but um that you know they go um everyone who watches spn has noticed at some point or other that sam and dean favor strikingly different styles in bed Sam is incredibly aggressive, tearing at his partner's hair, tossing them into the wall, whereas Aww. Dean is the incarnation of everything that is sweet and tender. Any Let's aggressive just, wait, moments... Just, go ahead. Can we enjoy this fucking moment before you keep reading? God! Just, uh, just let that sit for a minute, all right? Some of us are Sam Moth. Okay, okay. Yes, please. Take your, take your moment. Sit. Take your moment. Do you have anything to, no. anything to add to it? Actually, I was thinking about all the times I've written some fucking 
and trying to tell myself, no, no, you subvert that trope. You subvert. And I'm trying to think of one fucking time where Sam has not taken over in some way the sex scene and there has not been hair pulling or like a little bit of roughness. And I don't I also think that think if I've we written one. ever seen him with Eileen, maybe it would have been different. But I don't think they would have ever... Again, that's later in the seasons, you know, but I feel like at that point. You I don't feel- change the style of which you fuck just because you love somebody. No, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about, I think that there's, you are, you're just like hitting it today with the, with the. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I think with the partners, I can't, I don't think you can necessarily say that it's a, it's a cookie cutter style with each person. If you've had, you know, a lot of partners the, mm. the style is different based on who you're with. Like you have True. those discussions, yeah. you have that communication. Sometimes you don't have communication and it's all just visceral. You're acting out something. But I think that with a, say, friendship turned romantic sexual relationship, I feel there would there might be something. I mean, Eileen could be all about wanting to dominate in certain situations and Sam having to be flipped. You wouldn't know because we weren't given a chance to, you know, experience that relationship. But I think that I do think that someone's style in bed. I mean, we talk about that. I think with Dean, like it, it can, it can, it can't change for everybody. Some people very much, this is what I, this is what I like to do. And this is what we call those people. (laughs) Selfish. We call those people selfish yeah no i i jumped on your throat then and i didn't i'm I'm sorry (laughs) i didn't mean that because you are right that while sam's we never saw him with jessica either yeah sam's sam likes to be in charge in the bedroom and you can very much be in charge and still be loving and attentive to your partner as opposed to i think a lot of the times we see sam have sex it is like a frustration outlet. Mm-hmm. He never seems to fuck people because he wants to fuck them. He fucks them because yeah, or it's like it's just build up to this really like amazing like yeah. you know, the tension is so high. I feel like, like in um heart, you know, like it was. Like I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a lot of tension building, but I think there was also pressure on Sam. This was the per- first person he'd been with since Jessica. So there's probably pressure to bring your A game there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess someone of Sam's size and stature, their A game is probably, God, we'll toss you around this fucking bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah. yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he's good in bed. I'm not casting aspersions. I'm just saying, if you yeah, are almost six foot five and over 200 pounds, break a leg. Literally send me to the ER. It's fine. Like, yeah. as, long as, as long as everyone gets off first, we're all good. Break something. It's cool. You know? Now- I want to have bruises. I don't know if you want to like do the contrast by partners here or not, but after like there's the mention of Sam touches, Dean is touched, but then there's the Sam tops, Dean bottoms. And that's in terms of, Mm. you know, where like just their literal position, like in bed, you know what I mean? Like that, like that kind of a situation. So look, looking at Cassie. Okay. This is where I'm going to stop for a little bit. You start talking. (laughs) Why? Why do I have to start talking? Why do I have to stop now, talking? Because now I'm looking at the Dean gifs. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you said that like that on purpose. It's a gif. It stands for graphic. RG. <laughs> but like, this is, when we meet in person, I'm going to fucking staple this to her forehead. 
I'm going to come with post-it notes, right? And like, let's like, notes are fine. Just don't do anything permanent, please. It's <laughs> no, because what, what I'm going to do, because I'm going to assume that at some point I will be in your house, even if I'm not staying with you, even if I'm staying in a hotel, I'm going to assume at some point I will be in your house and I'm going to leave fucking post-it notes that say give and the G is going to be like hard written. And then I'm going to be like graphical, whatever the fuck it is. It sounds like graphical something. And I'm just going to leave post-it notes everywhere. Graphical behind image your doors. Format, I think. There you I go. Behind your doors, behind your pictures, on the bathroom mirror. Okay, that's like fine. in there, everywhere. I'll have been gone six months and you could be like, I found another fucking post-it uh, note. It's like when I stay over at somebody's house and take a shower, I'm like, sorry, you're going to find my hairs for years. <laughs> I will never leave. I live here now. My DNA yeah. is all over the place. Leviathans would love me. It would be so simple. <laughs> so oh simple to copy God. me. Um, no, yeah, so, no, I'm just, I'm looking now. I'm looking right. at the, I'm looking we'll, at Dean we'll with give, Cassie and Dean with Anna and I just can't. So, yeah, but again, they're so soft, but, but, but Cassie's is more aggressive and Cassie's taking the lead with, mm-hmm. with Dean. It's worth. It is it is worth mentioning though while we are analyzing these scenes that Cassie's scene was a fuck you to the network, mm. not necessarily a representation of how Dean fucks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think it's interesting they both have that. <laughs> Dean's one good thrust. Dean's one good minute uh, where you know, like his whole back goes, and you're like, yeah, hey. yeah. They they're both in there. <clears throat> I don't think we saw enough of him fucking Lisa to see that. No, um, and I, that was probably a conscious choice because people would be so irritated. People, yeah, people were done with it. People, people were mad by that yeah. point. But yeah, if you look at, we have Cassie. She's she's physically on top of Dean, mm-hmm. whereas um, Madison. I mean, they're kind of like on their side, but Sam is very loomy, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Sam up in her business, mm-hmm. which is not entirely Sam's fault because there's a lot of Sam everywhere mm-hmm. so you know you know he didn't have to be very much in someone's business before there's a lot of him in someone's business is my point mm-hmm. yeah so cassie cassie and madison they're both kind of you know Cass, cassie was a fuck you to the network but they're you know they are very you know sam touches dean is touched mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's i'm sorry i've completely lost any hope of a train of thought that I had no. because I'm not looking at the gif of Sam and Madison but I I can see it in my head yeah and they're also then talking about how like when you move beyond the gloriousness of I'm sorry Dean and Anna in the backseat it's just oh. like okay um Sam's scenes That's highlight black. his broad shoulders and muscular arms Dean's scenes frequently focus on his yes open mouth again interesting because mm-hmm. like if you see the scene with um, Sam and Ruby, you've got Ruby's mouth just open and just like, you know, like experiencing all the stuff. And then you see Dean doing the exact same thing, like what's being put upon him and what he's experiencing and focusing on his reaction. We, we actually, I'm I'm trying to think now, we very rarely seem to see Dean's sexual partner's faces at all, really. Or like if, not not in not in detail like yeah. Ruby or Madison for example mm-hmm. yeah like the reaction to it like you know like I I think Anna might be one of the few um, because you know her being like you know I guess her first time and stuff like that and so I think you get more of her I think in any of the scenes 
like really where she becomes like the focus. But again, like they even make a point of saying that in that scene, the focus is more on Anna's hands on Dean. And again, mm-hmm. like her touching, you know, the scar and like all those different things on, on him and experiencing him and investigating almost in a way where, yeah, it's, it's just different with, with Sam scenes with, it's just, it's all about the masculine energy. I feel, I feel Mm. like it's just, it's very, very obvious. And then I think the other thing is just finally when Sam scenes emphasize how petite his partners are by comparison, just look at those gigantic hands (laughs) in Dean's sex scenes. We often have shots in which his partners are made to look taller again, because usually they're on top, you know? So it's like, they're over him. They're, I don't know, is subjugating a good word? Like they're they're kind of just like I don't, I don't think they're... subjugating is do- dominating might yeah. be the right yeah. word. Yeah. Taking taking like synonyms that are less extreme than dominating. <laughs> taking charge. Yeah. Being in control. Yeah. Leading the scene, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Well, there's some there's some religious metaphor to be drawn here i mm. think mm-hmm. in terms of religious religious items mm-hmm. that one one uses to worship but are not strictly part of the worship mm. can't mm-hmm. think of one off the top of my head mm-hmm. um but you know so dean's like dean's used mm. but mm-hmm. not worshipped shall we say mm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that, like, are you, are, you fo- are you following my really clumsy metaphor here? You. I'm following you, even though I would be totally like, yes, worship. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the thing is, Dean, as a character that we have control of, I we characterize him very differently, mm. especially when it comes to sex and romance and love, yeah. than the show does, because my various... All right, junkies notwithstanding. <laughs> Actually, no, all of my Deans are subs. <laughs> oh my god, I've written one. No, he's the submissive one in that. <laughs> oh god. Oh my god, I'm a walking cliche. I'm a walk. All right. Sandra has written shitloads of Dean where he's the one taking control. Where he is he is the one that is in control. No. No, I've written. I don't even what? know if I could say like how many of him. It's like you know, really like, yeah. There's a couple, but I just feel like it's more about. It's more about the reader exploring him too. You know, yeah. it's weird. It's like I just don't like. I I get that people like to see him or put him in sort of like a dominant position, and I just I don't always get that unless it's like you're you're willingly involving him in some sort of role play. You know what I mean? It's just Oh no, I don't. I don't I don't mean like a dominant position. I don't mean like like I've written Sam as a dog yeah. before. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that. Mm-hmm. But like I said, we have to exclude junkies completely because that's yeah. that's a whole different bag of cats. I mean like <laughs> Dean touches in mm-hmm. our works. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking about that and I was like, no, he fucking doesn't. He is touched in my works. But there's one. There's one where Dean touches, and it's the one I wrote for you. And you were very specific that you were like, no, mm-hmm. I would like in control Dean, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sandra's preference for Dean is that Dean touches, he is not, mm-hmm. not that he is touched, mm-hmm. if we take that metaphor. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go quite so far as to say Sandra's Dean fucks 
Because he, he still makes love and it's still sweet, but he's more an active participant. He is a part of the worship. He's yeah. involved in the worship as opposed to just being an extraneous part of it. Yeah. Like, like Rosary Breeze, for example. They're not, you can pray without them and they're not inherent to the actual act of prayer and worship, but they are. It's like ritual. A, yeah. Yeah. My metaphor is real fucking clumsy, you know? No, I get it. It, di- it didn't really line up. Mm-hmm. In terms of Sam, because my brain was like, Sam is the altar. You can't do it without him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So well, I think how we interpret Dean's character, although I do still interpret him as apparently a sub, <laughs> um, I still, he is, he, he still touches mm-hmm. in my fix. He's not just to be touched. Yeah. You know? Well, there's like, there's the one scene, like the first time. I wrote anything with view to a Winchester. It's when they're in, it's like after their their official like date and Dean's doing a majority of the exploring of the character. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I, but not like, but then there's still the back and forth between them. So it's like, he's not necessarily, it's like, he's wanting, again, he wants to know what, he wants to know what the character wants. And he's trying to, provide that sort of thing so it's like there's there's a lot to him that i think different writers like to explore one same with sam i mean it's just it just depends on what your flavor is you know of what you really want to hyper fixate Mm. on i think too for these characters and there's there's so there's so many different interpretations like I have most of my Sam fix, he is taking charge, shall we say. But I fully, fully agree with the concept that Sam is soft and sweet and giving mm-hmm. in bed and focused very much on his partner's pleasure because he's a soft, sweet, gentle man. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'd, I would really love to sit here and go, and I've written him that way, but. That would make me a liar. Um, but I think you, I think you have like definitely like the cottage verse and different things like that. I mean, I think there's definitely examples of that too woven in. There is entirely, some... entirely too much choking and breath play in that scene. No, <laughs> but there's, to be but like... there's also like a, I think it's, but I think it's the relationship and like the soft moments that I think mm. are explored with him. You know that he's mm. again like the touching, like when he's she's taking care of him, his his hair and and like you know and and doing those things and and all of that kind of mm. stuff, like. There's moments of that. I don't think you could say that there wouldn't be anything in there that wouldn't be being touched and being. No, I think on, a good, you know, a good, a good example of my uh, not opposing but differing feelings on this would probably be Need, because mm-hmm. Chapter One is a very, very dominant Sam, and then Chapter Two is a very mm-hmm. submissive Sam. Like that's the whole point of the series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I don't think the show is the show and it's film and it's done. Mm-hmm. But I don't think any fanfic author takes those characterizations as read. We all, even if we we go along with the show a little bit more than we've realized we did, mm-hmm. we all have a different approach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm thinking Sandra, 
about your more recent things like Jules and Jingle Bells, for example. I know mm-hmm. that's not as recent, but Jules and Jingle Bells. And then what the fuck was it called? Something magic. Oh, every little thing she does is magic. Yeah. With the with the all right, that was kind of my fault. That that was that was kind of my fault because Dean cocked up spectacularly, and all my advice to Sandra is she should whack him. She needs to smack that boy. And it, this was the one time where I was like, mm, that boy's end of spanking. And she was like, you know what? He fucking hurts. And so Dean, Dean plays a more a more submissive role. And yeah. a Dean, a Dean that is completely separate to Sandra's um son, Sonny Davis, her most recent thing. Um, maybe think that maybe maybe there's uh, her most recent completed thing. There's been a couple of things since then, I think. But don't hurry down the chimney. Mm-hmm. He's tied up. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, he doesn't stay tied up, but that's no. not the point. He's not tied up. <laughs> but that's now. Now I'm thinking back on it. That's how a lot of my Dean submissive things go, where he starts off being submissive, but then he takes control. Yeah. Of the situation. It's just, just so it's just so interesting, isn't it? Like I, I want to get inside is. our heads and figure out what the fuck's going yeah. on. <laughs> see, I can I see I can see Sam as a true switch. I think I think he can be the hard dom top if you need him to be that, but he can also be, you know, the submissive bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any any which way you like that. Um and I I truly think I truly think you could call him in, not in terms of sexuality, but like you can take him either way as an author. He's a true switch. You can make him a hard dom top, or you can make him a softer, sweeter, submissive bottom. In quotes, mm-hmm. Dean is much harder to categorize because I cannot truthfully say that I can see him either way. So he's I, not at either end of that extreme. He I is almost fully in the middle. I almost feel like there's um. I don't know if this makes any sense or not, but. I almost feel like uh, when you say switch, I literally think like a switch going off in Sam to being able to go back and forth where I think with Dean, mm. it's almost like more mercurial, like this sort of like shift in the moment that maybe you don't even catch or you don't realize it's like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. Like, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it just kind of like goes into it surprise, but not like boom. It's just where I don't know. I kind of feel like I maybe also- that has to do with the personalities that i think we get from the characters too you know um mm. now this 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 may be slightly controversial oh um, well we're nothing if not controversial <laughs> we are nothing if not controversial no i'm not gonna sit here and say that i think sam winchester is a selfish lover because i don't mm-hmm. i truly don't he wouldn't be my blobo if he was because i would be like oh no like you know i love dean winchester extensively love Dean Winchester, but he is not my blobber because he lies. He is a lying liar pants. And I'm not saying that Sam Winchester doesn't lie, but he lies less. So, you know, that's one of my main hangups about Dean, that why he is not equal to Sam as blobos is because he lies for no good reason. He lies just to lie. Whereas I think Sam lies when he believes he has cause to lie, but that's irrelevant, right? So I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not going to say here, um, and say that I think Sam Winchester is a selfish lover because I don't. But I think the way to kind of like building off what Sandra said and and how to characterize them as as an author or even just as a fan is Sam's approach to sex is what he needs from that moment. If he needs to take control, he will find somebody that will let him take control. If he needs to be controlled, he will find somebody 
to control him. He finds a partner who can give him what he needs. And he doesn't leave his partners unsatisfied, but the focus is what on what Sam needs from the interaction. Whereas mm. I think Dean is focused primarily on what his partner wants and his needs are secondary. Because when you think about the ways we have written it, Sandra, and the ways you read it so often, Dean will let the other person take what they need from him until they are satisfied. And only then will he mm. take over, so mm. to speak. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's... So I think it's like the active versus reactive sort of like aspect yeah. of it. And I think that, again, it's it's very different from what you see them say like outside of that scenario. So like when you see them not in bed or not, you know, intimate, you're seeing the other side of them kind of in a way. And I think that, mm. again, I yeah, I just, I keep getting active versus reactive going on in my head. It's like if you so if would you- put them in there. Would would you consider Dean to be reactive then and Sam to be active? I feel Dean is reactive. Because I would, yeah, see, I would say that's actually quite quite appropriate to their characters outside of the bedroom, though. Sam is... But I'm saying in a way that maybe Dean was not willing to present that that would be the way that he would be until you actually see it. Again, going back to the post, like the way he's expressing it outside of when he's actually in the moment, you know what I mean? Like when he's in the mm. moment. I think you see it differently. I, su- I suppose then maybe, I mean, Dean in scenes of, of high stress or high tension mm-hmm. then because, God, I can't remember what episode it is, but they're both waiting outside somewhere and Dean's pacing and Sam's leaning against the car and Sam starts, Sam goes, you're going to walk in in four, three, two. And as he gets to one, Dean walks in and Sam just goes and like stands up and follows him. Mm-hmm. Dean is in moments where it matters, I suppose. He is reactive. He just does the first thing that comes to impulse. his head. I think it's impulse. Impulsive. I think that's, yeah. 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 Whereas Sam is a little bit more methodical and yeah, he likes I've to have that. the information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which again ties into he goes and finds what will give him what he needs but instead of just that's the first little, thing. Don't you think that's a little different though? Like then in bed, like impulsive is like, I'm just doing whatever I, I, I'm wanting in the moment. I feel reactive then becomes for Dean. I'm really, I'm really paying attention. I'm being mindful of what's happening. So that's how I feel. It's a little bit different. Sometimes like he's, yeah. he's literally, he's being in the present with his partner and he's, really mm-hmm. taking the time to say, okay, what does this partner need from me? And then, you know, again, like I did a whole chapter <laughs> about this interview. Like, I was just like, you know, I really feel like for him, it's about what he can do for the pleasure and safety aspect, even if it's just in a moment with another person. And mm-hmm. I think impulsive is more of what he does. He gets chided about it by Sam all the time. You just went in. Or like we just go in guns blazing and sort of like, you know, and that's an, that's a different aspect to him. Literally like Dean, stop, take a breath, think about the situation. I feel like he does that more with his partners. I think you Privately, see that more yeah. with his partners again. And that's just, I think that's the ability Maybe. to just express yourself differently and take out, you know, just like, okay, like, you know, I'm here now. I, I don't have to be oh my God, this is what's happening. This is what's, I don't know. It just, it feels like a little teeny tiny difference to me. Just a little bit of yeah, a no, I, nuanced no. thing. 
no, I, I, to- I totally see it. And I totally see that they fall under the same umbrella, but reactive mm-hmm. and impulsive, very mm-hmm. different. But also, what if, go with me, okay. what if Dean's just really into delayed gratification? <laughs> okay. And Sam's really fucking not. Okay. So Sam's like, I need this and I need it now. Mm-hmm. And Dean's like, I, I need this, but it's going to be so much better if I wait. You know, mm. maybe. Maybe and so. See, he can I don't think he takes get that the in, time. Yeah, in real life, I, in their real life situations, I don't think you get that as much. You know, like when you see what Dean like, Dean's like, just no gratification, 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 gratification. And now, boom, I'm going to delay yeah. it. You know, it's yeah. No, it's it's. I'm not saying it's a cast iron theory. I'm just yeah. like you know. No, I like it. I like it. I'm I like just the theory. I'm going with it. <laughs> I'm just right. All right. Like full full disclaimer. I am not selfish in bed, but if I don't get mine, we're going to have an argument. <laughs> so I find it very difficult to understand people <laughs> like Dean who can just focus on another and wait turn, <laughs> so to speak. I'm like, no, it's my girl. <sighs> and so I am, um, there is something, what the fuck, it's called a pleasure dom or something like that that I mm-hmm. heard about a little while ago. And it's like, it's people who take like take charge in the bedroom, but they they are only focused on the other person's pleasure, and they can go without. And mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, it's, not, it's not over till everyone's had an orgasm, guys. Mm. It's not what we're doing. Yeah. Nope. There but- may be more reasons why I connect the dean. <laughs> I've spoken to her about this. It's been like, yeah, no, so obviously the person gets off. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm really more focused on the, on the other person's pleasure than my own. And I'm like, fucking no, I will have a sulk like a teenage boy and cry that my blue balls are going to kill me. I will have such a fucking mood about it. God, I mean, then like, that does just encapsulate then the idea, encapsulate the idea of Dean being othered. You know what I mean? Like mm, if you really just yeah. take it to that extent where if there's one person that's being displayed as the subject, then you get into that. And it's like, yeah. You know, I love this person that wrote this, that went on on and on about this. Thank you, Frozen Delight. If you ever thank you so much, this. there's there's so much. <laughs> no, this. I'll tag them. Are they still? If they're still active on Twitter, I I will tag them. Yeah. Not on Twitter, on Tumblr, I will tag them in this post and be like, "Hello, we did a whole thing on your thing. Mm-hmm. We but did a whole thing. There's definitely more that I think we could talk about, but I'm looking at the clock, and we've already gone on about an hour and a half. I can already hear Edge. How am I supposed to listen to you guys when you go off for like two hours? <laughs> I will say there's there's three other scenes that um, are talked about, uh, types of scenes. Sleeping scenes, definitely have a read about that because the way people just watch Dean sleep <laughs> is a thing. But then- That is also real weird, yeah. also go into monster shots, which is a really interesting part about how like they almost turn- you know, our beloveds into like the monsters and how they're, they're focused on and filmed in, in certain Mm -hmm. scenes, definitely look into that. And then I think there's one more I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Mannequin symbolism. So they make Dean like the, the idea that Dean is, is not a person is only an object, a tool, a a weapon. You know, he's not, Mm. yeah, he's not like, not like yeah, like not like a thinking, feeling mm-hmm. person. And they they specifically they're talking about like how the camera parallels Dean and like mannequins and wax figures and dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, a Maybe that's why shadow. I hate that episode so much. <laughs> mm, <laughs> you, don't, you don't you don't like it? No. Yeah. Mm-mm. And then like again, and it, it's I suppose this is worth noting down. Everything here 
that we're looking at, an, an enormous part of it is acting choices. Mm-hmm. You know, the director can tell somebody how to do something. Mm-hmm. But the actor's choices are always going to influence that. So I think no matter how much the directors wanted to code Dean a certain way, if Jensen's acting choices are not aligned with that, it wouldn't have happened. Right. And right. ditto, ditto Sam, you can take someone Jared's size and tell them to be domineering in, in a sex scene. But if Jared's acting choices and portraying that it, it won't come across that way so yeah you know like like we said right at the beginning if if the director is the head chef the actors are contributing mm-hmm. a lot to the meal they're adding the spice they're adding like you know make sure we have enough of this make sure we have enough yeah. that and then if it's off just a little bit it's like it could still be something great it's not maybe what the head chef envisioned and there could be just a little something different but then it's what people tend to maybe focus on when they're eating mm-hmm. the dish I don't know. I'm trying to make this analogy come full circle. So we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah. Um. So, but that is, that is a lot more to this Tumblr post that we, that we didn't get to, but it's Valentine's day y'all. So we focused on the good stuff. Yeah. Fucking. And um, also there's another article that I'm going to link in the description because it, it harkens back to another episode we talked about where it's not sexual assault if it's against a man episode. And it basically just talks about flipping the male gaze um, mm. aspect and how, you know, Sam and Dean are sort of like, boom, like turned into that, that version. Objectified. Yeah, that objectified yeah. that way. So I definitely give this stuff a read and kind of let us know what you thought. Look, we put, we pulled back the chef metaphor. Like it's fine. <sighs> we didn't, we didn't fully shake it out, but we pulled it back. But please go. If for no other reason than both of these articles have images and GIFs, yeah, it's just they're with so they're it's so fucking good. So good. The person did, like took a long time and top tier job. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. It's a great. And also, thing. I think the live journal article, which is <laughs> scroll all the way. God, I've just scrolled past Becky. Fucking Becky. That one has a lot in there too. I think. Yeah. yeah. Right, but right back on men, female gaze in supernatural. Mm-hmm. I think that one actually goes. If you haven't listened to it already. Our episode, um, it's not sexual assault if it's against a man. The live journal article, right back on men, pairs really well with that. And I fucking wish we'd had it at the time. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but we didn't. But that that is focusing sort of on the wider portrayal of Sam and Dean in Supernatural, whereas the Frozen Delight one is, you know, specifically about the characterization mm-hmm. and the cinematography and things like that. Well, we'll so, link, we'll link everything. We'll, we'll link, link, we'll link we'll all link. of the related episodes from us and like how we think they go with the recent yeah. recent articles we found. And, and then stuff. and then you can go you can go and listen to the other one and you can listen to this one. And then we'll have two views and we'll love you literally forever. <laughs> so you know like that's that's an option that you have. I'm just saying. But but like seriously go check out both of these articles if for no other reason than the gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we've tangented enough. Yeah, we've so we've tangented. Happy unattached drift to Christmas, guys. And again, we will um remember to if you are not already a part of our Discord, join our Discord. We're doing something for International Fan Works Day on February 15th. We'll have information in the channel about thick wrecking and how we can just Throw a whole bunch of love all over everybody who does great things um, in the fandom. Love the loves. But yeah, so please, as we've gone on, let us know your thoughts um, as we're wrapping up this episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can email us at idlinginthimpala at gmail.com. 
You can comment on Spotify and use the Q&A section to share your thoughts. All of our contact details are on our website, idlingintheimpala.com. Go check it out. Don't forget to like, comment, share, follow, subscribe, and leave us a rating. If you're listening on like podcast apps, rate us five stars. Don't give us four. Come on, we're fucking awesome. Five stars, five stars, please. Wherever you're accessing your podcast, but especially with the comments and the likes and stuff, if you're watching or listening on YouTube, that kind of engagement really helps us with the YouTube algorithm. All hail, it's benevolence. At time of recording, which is the 27th of January, we are two subscribers away from 100 on YouTube, which is like fucking hype. So come on now, if you're not subscribing, you're listening to this. Or if you are listening to some different platform, you could just pop over oh, to YouTube and subscribe. Be that person that makes be us hit the 100. change. <laughs> be the change you want to see in the world. Be the support that you want to see in the world. Two subscribers, guys. Two oh, subscribers. Goodness. So yeah, that kind of engagement helps everywhere, but it, it does really help on YouTube as well. As always, in the description are the current causes that we are championing. So from me, we have got two charities that one is based in the US and one is based in the UK, LGBTQ plus talking charities. Um, they are there if you need to reach out to someone, if you are in crisis and you need, you know, you need somebody to talk to, you know, just if you need a space to be who you are because you do not have that space in real life. That is what those charities are there for. Again, UK and US based, both in the description. From Sandra, we have got some mental health charities, you know, and some kind of like surviving after trauma and things like that charities. Let's, you know, nobody's going to go 2024 is my year because we fucking learned. But, you know, 2024 can be the year that you maybe address some things that you've been putting off and make a better you, which is all that really matters at the end of the day. Also coming in from Sandra, it's 2024, it's election season. Yay, everybody. Fucking, <laughs> yay. Sue, to bastardize the Rocky Horror Picture Show and the Tenacious D cover of Time Warp. It's a jump to the left, not a step to the right, guys. Just vote blue. We don't fucking care who it is. We don't care who we're voting blue for. Just vote blue. You cannot let that maniac back in the White House or kill us all. I will die on this hill. Like, fucking please. Mm-hmm. Please, 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 please. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have friends in the UK, in the US. You have friends in the US because we're your friends. Sandra's in the US. I don't want her to have to emigrate to Canada. That's going to be a real bitch when it comes to recording. So blue, 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 please. But Sandra has provided uh, American Civil Liberties and... Vote.com. Something, vote.gov, <laughs> yeah. Fucking, I want to put a UK on the end of it because that's, that's my government's website. Vote.gov. Don't put the UK on the end of it, though, because you'll end up on my country's <laughs> website. It's not going to help you. But, you know, elections coming up, so we're expecting shenanigans. We're expecting random laws to be passed, regulations. You know, make sure you bring a bottle of water. Make sure you've got acceptable ID. Register early. Get your votes in early if you can. Just keep yourself appraised just, and up yeah, to date. Just do some investigating and, like, force, foresight is, is is very helpful. Just, like, like yeah. look, look into the stuff in advance and make sure that you make your voice heard this election it's very Mm -hmm. important not to just expect other people to do the thing that they're supposed to do you have to do that as well so yes you do also have to do that so yeah those are places that you can go and find out you know exactly what kind of id you need exactly how you get registered all that good kind of stuff so jump to the left jump to the left jump to the left it is our hope i say this every episode this episode's actually being recorded pretty close to coming out but it is our hope that by the time you are listening to this, these charities will no longer be needed. But as it stands right now on the 21st of January, they are still very much needed. So we are championing, highlighting, spotlight, any other adjective that means to draw attention to two charities 
that are on the ground both in the Ukraine, which is still under Russian occupation with the unlawful invasion, and there are still places in the Ukraine where people are trapped and they do not have access to basic necessities. And also on the ground in Gaza, which is still, and I'm never sure how to word this because Palestine is not at war with Israel. Hamas is at war with Israel. Mm-hmm. Palestine is, I don't know, it's just in the middle. It's just mm-hmm. fucking it's just fucking stuck there. Gaza's just stuck there. Palestine is not at war with Israel. Although it appears more and more that Israel is at war with Palestine. So, mm-hmm. but we're not going to get political about this. We're not. This is not, this is not political. This is purely humanitarian. There are play- people still in the Ukraine and in Gaza that are trapped, that are, you know, have no access to food, have no access to water, have no access to medic- medicine. They are starving, they are dying, and they did not ask for war. So we are championing both World Central Kitchen and Doctors Without Borders, who are, as the name suggests, providing food and medical aid on the ground, both in the Ukraine and in Gaza and in various other places in the world that are not getting the media attention that they deserve. But if we include them in this, the outro will be longer than the episode. So we're just highlighting those ones at the moment. But if you were to go and check out World Central Kitchen, and Doctors Without Borders, they have full information on all the places around the world that they are on the ground and they are helping. So, idling in the Impala, we practice what we preach. We have made a donation to both World Central Kitchen and Doctors Without Borders. We are not asking you to make monetary donations. You know, please don't put yourself in a bad financial position. Just sharing the links on social media does so much. Just drawing attention to this because, as we know in the West, the news cycles move really quickly these things dip in and out of the media, um, but they are still ongoing even when they're not in the current news cycle. So sharing these links around, drawing attention back to them is one of the best things that you can do. We are not asking you to donate monetarily. Just draw attention, You know, keep the world's eye on these things. Don't let them fade with the media cycle. So as always, if you can help any of the charities financially, please do not put yourself in a bad financial dis- uh, situation to do so but if you are able and you can help them to keep helping others all of the charities that was listed that would be amazing as we said financial contribution is not necessary just sharing the links around would be incredible and as always if you need the help of any of the charities that we are supporting and have listed that is what they are there for and with that mammoth outro <laughs> We will say thank you for joining us in the back seat. Happy Unattached Drifter Christmas tomorrow. Happy International Fan Works Day on the 15th. Let us know what you're doing for International Fan Works Day. And we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye.